Trudy Morgan Cole, and you're listening to Shelf Esteem, the podcast where I used to talk to interesting people about books that they find interesting. No, I'm, I'm still talking to interesting people, but pretty often this seems these days like it's the podcast where I either don't make a podcast or I come on and talk about how difficult it is to make a podcast in the middle of a global pandemic. And yes, I'm going to talk about that a little more today before I get to talking to my guests. So for anybody who's listened to this podcast outside of the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, um, just to bring you up to speed, it's March 2021. And uh, a year ago, in March 2020, I recorded a podcast with Russell Wangerski and Leslie Vreenhoek. Excellent uh, podcast. Have a listen to it. And uh, then we went into a lockdown and I thought, well, lucky that I managed to... uh, get Leslie and Russell in there for the podcast because it could be uh, could be a few weeks before I'm able to have people sitting in my basement having conversations again. And that was the last time I had people sitting in my basement having conversations. Uh, the month after that, in April, I did a great one uh, called We Are All a Little Shack Wacky with uh, some, of my, some of my closest friends who are also avid readers. And we talked about uh, reading in lockdown, but we did that via Zoom. And man, I really disliked uh, the feeling of, I just didn't, didn't like the vibe of doing a podcast via Zoom, even though that I, I know tons of podcasts are done that way. And it is a perfectly normal way for people to record podcasts over the phone or over Zoom or some other kind of remote app. But then the reason I started this podcast was because I love sitting down face to face with uh, one or usually two people, sometimes even three, and just having a great conversation about books. And I really hope to get back to doing that someday. I did a couple of podcasts last year with uh, what I like to call my in-house expert, my daughter, Emma, who is a writer, an avid reader, and a um, student uh, studying English, undergrad English degree at Acadia University. Um, and, And then she went back to school, so we couldn't do any more of that. And I did one at Christmas time, which I really enjoyed. And I did get to talk to people face to face, though not all at once and, and not in my basement studio. But uh, I just went around to a few people and asked them to talk about favorite Christmas books and books they like to read at uh, at that time of year around the bleak midwinter and New Year's and got some great responses. Uh, it was a wonderful seasonal conversation. And I thought at that time, wow, things are looking up pandemic wise. Again, for those of you who are not here in Newfoundland and Labrador, um, we did have a lockdown from March. March to May, and then things began to lift, restrictions began to ease. Still didn't feel like uh, it was totally safe to be having a conversation with people you didn't normally hang out with in close quarters in an enclosed, unventilated room. But I started to feel like, yeah, maybe, maybe in the new year, as we move into 2021, I can invite a couple of people into my uh, into my studio again for a podcast. And then, of course, boom, we got smacked with a uh, with a second lockdown. In mid-February 2021, uh, as we had an outbreak of the variant version of COVID-19 here in Newfoundland. Now, once again, as I uh, sit down in front of the microphone in late March, March, I'm recording this on March 22nd, not sure what day it's going to get posted. But yeah, things are looking better again. Once again, we're looking at some restrictions easing. Um, our case counts are, are pretty much back to uh, to zero new cases almost every day. And that is all wonderful stuff. But again, not sure what the uh, projection is like for how soon it'll feel comfortable to have a couple of uh, random readers in my uh, in my studio chatting. So I decided to do something this month that was kind of a retrospective. Um, with with three avid readers who are also very gifted writers, uh, Michelle Butler Hallett, Sharon King Campbell, and Bridget Canning, uh, all people whose writing I admire and whose reading taste I trust, uh, and who have all been guests on the podcast before uh, in tandem with other people. 
And I thought what we would do is kind of uh, take a look back at the last year. I know, you know, late December, early January is the normal time to take a look back at the last year, whether in your reading life or any other part of your life. But uh, this year, it seems like March is the time for taking stock. I know we've all spent a lot of time in March, at least those of us who hang out on social media have, looking at what were we doing this time last year? Oh, this day last year was the last time we did this. It was the last normal that. Some people talked about the last live performance they went to, uh, the last day they worked out of their office, basically the last time things were normal and we didn't think about COVID-19. And so it seems kind of natural to take a look back at a year and think about, you know, what we've read over the last year and how it's impacted our reading. So that was something I wanted to ask uh, these fellow writers about and also uh, just, you know, what they're reading now and also what they're writing, what's happening in their writing lives and careers. But again, couldn't gather everyone, couldn't gather anyone in my studio because we're actually still, uh, as I record this, we're still at a level four lockdown, I'll hope, though hoping that's going to ease soon. Um, So instead, I just uh, asked them a couple of questions via text and asked each of them to record uh, some answers for me. And uh, it's not the same as a conversation. And and I'm not going to try to edit it to make it sound like a real conversation because it isn't. And, you know, I think we have to be honest about things that don't work out the way we'd like. It, it isn't the same as sitting around and all talking about books, but it is what it is. And I was really happy to hear from all of these people. You know, when I look back at my own last year in reading back, back in last March and April, I think I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. It was really, really difficult to focus on anything. Um, it was difficult to focus on reading. I had uh, really good books that I had lined up that I was going to read. I think the last new book that I read for a long time was Hilary Mantel's The Mirror and the Light, which was every bit as amazing as I thought it was going to be, the conclusion of the Wolf Hall trilogy. But then after that, I just hit a wall. I could not pick up a new book. I reread my old favorites, the Dorothy L. Sayers, Lord Peter Whimsey mysteries, which are my go-to in every time of trouble in life. And they were there for me. And I reread them. And then I reread, uh, I've talked about this. I talked about this in the Christmas episode, uh, Catherine Fox's Linchester trilogy, which was uh, is such a, a newer favorite, but is another staple of mine that I love to go back to. And by sort of coming into May of last year, I began to feel like, oh, yeah, I can read new books again. And since then, I've been pretty much back to my usual reading habits. I know in just the last few months, I've read some great books, including Bernadine Evaristo's Girl, Woman, Other is a book that won the Booker Prize, or I guess half won the Booker Prize because she had to share it with Margaret Atwood, but she she half won the Booker Prize uh, a couple of years ago. And that book was actually one that I had on hold at the library as an ebook. God bless the library's ebook service because even when the physical library was closed down and even when physical bookstores were closed down, we're still able to get ebooks from the library. But uh, that one came came due. It, it had been on hold and it became available and appeared on my iPad uh, right in the heart of the last, the original lockdown in April of last year. And I looked at it and I remember thinking, I can't. I know it's going to be good, but also it's a Booker Prize winner. It's going to be deep. It's going to make me do a lot of thinking. I'm going to feel a lot of stuff. I cannot. All I can do right now is watch Lord Peter Whimsey solve mysteries and woo Harriet Vane, knowing that things are going to work out okay for them. That's a spoiler if you haven't read that series, but hey, um, I'm okay with that, having been nearly 100 years since those books were written. 
But yeah, you know, I, I couldn't wrap my mind around a big, important book like Girl, Woman, Other. And so then this spring, uh, actually heading into our second lockdown, which, which I did not find had the same impact on my reading. I found I was able to keep up reading pretty much as normal. And Girl, Woman, Other was again available at the library and in an online book club that I sometimes participate in was doing it. And I thought... I wonder if I should give that book a try. And I did. And oh, I loved it so much. I don't think I would have been in the right headspace for it last March, but this March, it was perfect for me. And I I devoured it in like two days. It is such a beautifully written, intricate, complicated, amazing book. Another book I read recently that's been getting a lot of buzz, uh, not on the sort of booker worthy list, but more on the bestseller type of list is Richard Osmond's The Thursday Murder Club. And that uh, that has uh, was certainly a lot of fun, as everybody said it would be. Uh, great book uh, featuring a bunch of amateur detectives in a retirement home and really uh, poking holes at, you know, the assumptions people make about people in their senior years and the uh, the idea that once you're you're retired from your career, your usefulness is ended. Very much not the case in the case of the people in the Thursday Murder Club. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I'm glad to know that there's going to be a sequel. And it got me thinking about murder on my own part. Not in my personal life, you'll be glad to know, but in my writing life. So I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Um, I read uh, The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abby. I'm not sure if her last name is pronounced Dare or Dare, but uh, The Girl with the Louding Voice, uh, amazing novel set in Nigeria, a fabulous coming of age story and just really, really got swept up in that. And I also have been doing some rereading, uh, not just the regular comfort rereads, but a favorite series of mine from several years ago, the uh, historical novelist, probably one of my favorite writers of historical fiction, Sharon K. Penman, uh, passed away not too long ago. Um, she was, I believe, in her 70s, and uh, I think she had had a bit of a struggle with cancer, but it was, uh, it's, it felt like very much too soon for her legion of fans. I had just read her latest book not that long before, and uh, it made me think, as I thought of what her books had meant to me over the years, of her series uh, that was one of the first things of hers that I read, the Welsh trilogy, uh, beginning with the novel Here Be Dragons, and then the second one is Falls the Shadow, the third one is The Reckoning, and it is set in mostly in England and Wales in the 13th century and uh, deals with the, uh, the conflicts uh, amongst the would-be rulers of Wales and between the Welsh and the English and just a lot of historical characters that are maybe not everyday household names, but you just get so caught up in their story. And uh, she just has this amazing way of bringing history to life and making you care about people. And, and you just be on the edge of your seat about the fate of people who you know have already been dead for 800 years. So I'm actually right in the middle of that reread almost exactly. I'm probably about two-thirds of the way through the second book, Falls the Shadow now. So I've been reading that in and out amongst reading other things. I have been I've been rereading that series. So naturally, I wanted to uh, to ask these fellow writers and avid readers um, about their reading life. So first off, I asked people uh, the question I always open the podcast with, which is what have you been reading lately uh, that's really left an impact on you? And first up, here's Michelle Butler Hallett to talk about that. It's actually a novel I've read this month. Um, it's by Carlos Ruiz Zafon. It's called The Prisoner of Heaven. It's part of uh, an interconnected series of novels, this lab- increasingly labyrinthine world he's created. Uh, this one follows the character Fermin. Uh, we learn a bit more about his past and his connection to a character named David Martin, 
who in fact is the main character in the next novel in the sequence, uh, which I'm reading now, called The Angel's Game. Uh, Ruby Zaffon has got, um, I guess you could call it magic realism, but it's also firmly rooted in the realities of the Spanish Civil War and the time leading up to it. Um, there were there were all kinds of demons, all kinds of evil, all kinds of beauty. It's I get drunk on his prose, which tells me something too about the quality of the translation. That's that uh, his translator can take what I expect is absolutely gorgeous and magical in Spanish and make it sing in English. Very exciting. Ruby Zaffon was also a musician. He played piano a lot, self-taught. And I think his practice in music, his ability to hear and play and understand harmonies and counterpoint, really shows in his fiction. Hi, Trudy. It's Sharon King-Campbell. One of the books that I read this year that left a big impression on me was Michelle Porter's latest. Um, it's a nonfiction piece called Approaching Fire. And it is, um, it's like nothing I've never read before. This, uh, the book follows Michelle as she searches for information about her great-grandfather, who was a, a fiddler. Um, and she uses this blend of, um, of poetry, poetic verse, and uh, letters that she writes him, and forest ecology. Uh, there are copies of historical documents um, pasted in, and the whole thing is this beautiful examination of um, her family and um, the experience of being Métis in the historical context, uh, the land rights that had been taken away from um, her family in particular and, and the Métis population in general. Uh, and this sense of heritage, of passing on um, a, a passion for music, a talent for music, um, and also like the physical instrument. Um, yeah, it just, it's, it sticks with me. And it's, uh, it's an incredible piece uh, that I completely recommend. Hi, this is Bridget Canning. What is a book that I've read in the past year that's left a big impression on me? That would have to be uh, How to Pronounce Knife by Suvang Kamtamavangsa. Um, it's just won the Giller Prize, and it richly deserves all the accolades it is receiving. Um, I've read her poetry before, and it's fantastic. And these short stories are so, so masterful that basically every time I finished one I had to kind of go for a walk and digest it uh, so absolutely yeah, absolutely fantastic after hearing about that I guess the next thing I kind of wanted to know was was for people to do a little bit of that same retrospective that I just did and looking back over the last year you know what kind of year has the pandemic year been for you as a reader has lockdown and everything else that we've gone through this year has it affected your reading habits at all have you read more or less or differently than you normally do and so uh, first up here's michelle's answer to that this past pandemic year as a reader well early in 2020 i was part of a uh, 
part of a, ju uh, a jury panel for the Sunburst Award. I had to read a lot of novels and short story collections fairly quickly. I got kind of burnt out on reading novels. I went several months uh, watching long-form TV on um, the streaming services like Acorn, BritBox, and Netflix. Some of it great, some of it less so. Uh, learned a lot about screenwriting and how TV can work as a storytelling medium, which is kind of new to me and rather exciting. Uh, I'm back into reading fiction. Um, I still say I'm probably reading less fiction than I was before. Um, also reading a fair bit of history, because that's, uh, that's one of my, my great loves. I am reading more poetry lately, and that's, that's been really exciting. I think I read with more care. Um, surprisingly, a little more speed but certainly more care, uh, looking at technique, uh, taking a moment to understand the emotion the work is evoking in me, and trying to pick the stitching to figure out how the writer did that. And here's Sharon King-Campbell talking about that same question. Yep, the pandemic year definitely changed my reading habits. Uh, in September, I started a grad program, so that would have changed my reading habits completely anyway. Uh, but even before then, something really big shifted. And I think it, it mostly had to do with my mental state. Like I was home a lot, um, but I couldn't focus on anything. So I couldn't read anything that wound up being, um, quote unquote, difficult. Right? Like uh, literary fiction wasn't on. I, I wasn't able to properly appreciate most poetry, um, if something was longer than 300 pages, there was very little chance of my even picking it up. Um, and what wound up happening was that I, I sort of went back to the comfort food of books that I really loved when I was in high school. Um, sort of this like magic realism genre, the, the fantasy stuff, um, that I already kind of knew the plots and I already knew and liked the characters and I already had a relationship with those books. I sort of went back and revisited them. Um, so that was, that was the biggest change, I think. I love that Sharon, like me, uh, took refuge in rereading old favorites for comfort reading. Uh, I, th I think maybe a lot of us have done some of that. And uh, up next, uh, here's Bridget Canning's answer to that question. I would have to say I'm definitely reading differently because um, I feel like I'm constantly reading because there's so much constant information out there in regards to the pandemic and uh, trying to stay informed. Um, so I think because of that, when it comes to kind of sitting down and trying to focus on a novel, um, I'm a little distracted with that. So I've definitely read less novels, but as I said, overall, I feel like I'm constantly uh, absorbing information. And when I have been reading novels, I find uh, it takes me a little while to move from one to the next, where in the past I would kind of, you know, maybe chew through a bunch of books, um, really enjoy each one. Now I'm finding that when I finish a book, I kind of dwell on it for probably a little longer before I pick up something else. Um, I just finished reading the Testaments um, by Margaret Atwood, which, you know, um, was very entertaining. Um, I was a little nervous about it at first because I was like, do I really want to read about Gilead and this uh, dystopian fiction? But of course, it's really engaging and plot driven. So um, it's been it kind of been taking me a while to kind of pick up another book and 
get and get focused on it. So it definitely has, I think, changed my habits because I guess, you know, I'm just more distracted like all of us are. You know, living through a year of plague has impacted so many things about all our lives. And I guess for those of us who are avid readers, it really has impacted that as well. Uh, as I said, I've never been so glad that I was in, I'm mostly an ebook reader, although I still do read a lot of books on paper. But certainly it was much easier uh, during the heights of lockdown to access ebooks through the library and the uh, online ebook store than it was to go out and physically get one. But however you read and whatever you read, um, I hope you're in a good place reading wise right now. And if not, uh, if you're a little bit stuck like I was back there last spring, I hope you find the book that kickstarts you out of it. Or I hope you find some old favorites that you can go back to and uh, reread some of those comfort books. Finally, I wanted to talk to my three guests. You can't see me making the air quotes, but I'm putting the word guests in quotes. Uh, My metaphorical guests, but because they're all writers and they all have interesting things going on and exciting news happening, I wanted to give them each a chance to talk a little bit about where they are at as writers, what they have coming up, uh, what's their writing news, current and upcoming projects, and just kind of what's exciting in their writing lives. And first up, uh, again, here's Michelle. Well, I have a novel that's, uh, that came out officially on the 2nd of March. It's called Constant Nobody. It's with Goose Lane Editions again. I love working with Goose Lane Editions. And it's a genre hybrid of, uh, well, let's see, historical fiction, literary fiction, women's history, feminist fiction, spy fiction, intelligence history. It's, uh, I really hope I've, I've packed it with the... Uh, with a compelling story that works in and of itself and also works on a metafictional level, having conversations with uh, similar works which ask similar questions. Constant Nobody is set mostly in Moscow in 1937 uh, during the, uh, the summer of the Great Purge. Here is what Sharon King Campbell had to say about what's coming up for her. I have a new book. Um, yeah, brand new book, my first collection of poetry. It's called This Is How It Is, and it is coming out through Breakwater Books. Um, at the time that I am recording this, it is not out yet. It will be out on Friday the 19th of March. So that's very exciting. Um, I'm also working on an adaptation, a contemporary adaptation of Henry Gibson's The Lady from the Sea. Um, I do work primarily in theater, and theater is uh, determinedly moving ahead um, in such ways as it is possible to do, um, but it's not currently possible to get into a rehearsal room, um, let alone have an audience come and see a live performance. So uh, it's a really good time to be a writer. Uh, So I am uh, working on this adaptation um, and all of the grants associated with that adaptation. And um, I'm also, as I mentioned earlier, doing a PhD program. So I am busily studying the, um, the elements of uh, post-apocalyptic fiction, and I am taking a, a fantastic nature writing course at Memorial University. And um, over the summer, I have one more course to do before I can move on to um, writing my dissertation proposal. So that that's what's going on with me. 
Sharon's book of poetry was not uh, yet released when she recorded this, but it is now. Uh, so be sure to take a look out for it. And now we've got Bridget talking about some exciting things that are happening with uh, her, her novels. Uh, what is new with me? Uh, my second novel, Some People's Children, has been, it's a finalist for the Winterset Award. So I'm very, very happy about that. And my first novel, The Greatest Hits of Wanda Janes, uh, we have been working towards, I've been writing the script for this uh, with Marina Cardoni. She's a producer from Toronto and um, we've just signed a director. So we're moving forward with getting that adapted to a film. So I'm very, very excited about that. As you can see, all three of these writers have some really exciting news. I've actually read uh, Michelle Butler-Hallett's new book, Constant Nobody, earlier when it was in a draft stage. And I now have the, uh, this This is one I did get as a paper book, not just an e-book. I, I did buy a copy of it because I'm looking forward to reading the finished version. Uh, and so much uh, looking forward to everything that uh, Sharon and Bridget are doing as well. Thanks so much to Michelle Sharon and Bridget for their unconventional participation in this podcast and uh, being part of it in the way that was possible to do in March 2021. I'm looking forward to everything new that each of these writers has to bring to us. And of course, in my own writing life, I've been really busy. Those of you who know uh, that I wrote the first volume of a trilogy that came out last year, A Roll of the Bones. Uh, some people have been asking me about the second volume. This is another pandemic thing. People keep asking me. I don't know. Maybe it's not a pandemic thing. I've never written a trilogy before. So maybe this would have happened anyway. But people keep asking me in this kind of worried way. Is the second book still coming out? When do you think the second book will be out? And nothing about either the pandemic or my personal life has in any way affected the publishing schedule of this trilogy. It's always been kind of carved in stone since I first came up with the concept and my publishers at Breakwater Books were kind enough to say, yes, we would love to publish a whole trilogy from you, even though not a word of it is written yet. But we had always agreed that the books would come out two years apart, which is a perfect time span for research and writing. And so um, the first book was out in fall 2019. The second book, which is called Such Miracles and Mischiefs, um, is coming out this fall, probably around October 2021. And then there'll be a third book finishing off the trilogy in uh, the fall of 2023. That second book, Such Miracles and Mischiefs, is currently the, the latest draft of it is with my editor at Breakwater. And uh, I've got a few uh, beta readers, a few friends reading it and giving me some critique on it as well. And I am still working on the final details of research and things I want to be sure to try to get right, which you always have to with historical fiction. Uh, I'll be telling you more about this book, maybe giving some sneak peeks, definitely revealing the cover. Uh, so if you have a look at, if you're on Facebook, my author Facebook page, Trudy Morgan Cole, Newfoundland writer, pretty easy to find. Um, that's uh, that's where I'll be uh, sharing a lot of stuff. And if you don't do the Facebook thing, uh, you can always look at my website, TrudyMorganCole.com. That's also the place that, uh, that you go to find out more about this podcast, uh, where I publish, uh, there's a little podcast link there where you can see where I publish the the lists of books that get talked about in every episode of the podcast and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, that's a big thing, working on the second volume of the trilogy. And then another big thing is I have written a play, which is huge for me because I never wrote plays. I've only written fiction for pretty much my whole published adult life. I am a huge theater buff. I love the theater. I love going to plays. I used to coach high school drama. I love being backstage for plays. But I never thought, other than like, you know, short skits that maybe a student group could do for a laugh, I I never thought that I could really write a full length play. I was very honored a couple of years ago to have the privilege to take a class uh, in playwriting from Robert Chafe, who is 
I would say probably Newfoundland's greatest living playwright. Um, and I also had a short play uh, along with some friends who also had short pieces in the uh, St. John's Shorts Playwriting Festival back in 2019. And that was uh, that was pretty exciting. It was pretty cool. I, I wrote uh, a full-length play that is still very much a draft. I might never see the light of day. It might just be my practice play. But then I had the opportunity because my good friend Jen Dion of Persistence Theatre, and Jen's also been a guest on this podcast, and many of you know her, uh, she approached me uh, as part of a project that Persistence is doing commemorating 100 years of women in St. John's, property-owning women in St. John's having the right to vote, which was kind of a first step to women's suffrage here in Newfoundland and Labrador. Um she approached me about writing a play about Armin Gosling, who was uh, an early suffrage leader and the wife of the mayor of St. John's. And I just found Armin's life fascinating. I did end up writing that play. It's called The Mirror and Persistence is going to be producing it this fall also, uh, probably in October. So I've got some exciting writing stuff coming up this fall. It's it's a big year and I'm just really hoping that uh, by the time the fall rolls around, we'll be able to have live humans sitting together in theaters watching plays and people attending live book launches and readings again, because I really miss those things. And uh, to keep myself occupied in between uh, my day job, which currently is teaching online, although we're hoping to go back to in-person classes soon, and uh, and also, of course, doing edits on the novel, I have been writing a mystery. As many of you who listen to this also know, I have been publishing a serial mystery novel, one chapter a week. It is called Not the Foggiest Clue. And again, if you go to either my Facebook page or my um website. You can find a link to it. And uh, it is set in St. John's in almost the present day, but pre-pandemic times. Uh, And it is based around a group of women of a certain age, i.e. my age and a little older, uh, who are members of a book club. And uh, one of their... um, One of their number is associated with a murder and uh, they decide that they are going to do some sleuthing and and, uh, kind of solve the mystery. So that has been a lot of fun just as a little purely for fun, not trying to monetize it, not trying to make it perfect, but just put it out there for people to be entertained with that little project. That's been keeping me busy. And then, of course, there's this podcast. And I've been thinking again about the future of the podcast, about how long it's going to be before I can get back to the format that made me love doing this and that made me decide to uh, to give it a shot. Uh, and I think for the next few months, I am going to keep doing the podcast, but I'm going to do something a little different. Uh, again, I said Emma, my daughter, is one of my favorite conversation partners when it comes to books. And she's going to be home in about a month. And over the spring and summer, we are going to do a little podcast series uh, where each month, Each of us reads a book that the other one recommends, and then we're going to get back together, get together and talk about it. So that's going to be our kind of late spring and summer series here on Shelf Esteem. And then in the fall, we'll see where we are with uh, getting back to the conversational format that uh, I've always loved the most. In the meantime, I hope you are having uh, great reading experiences. I hope whether in person or via Zoom, you are able to have great conversations with fellow readers about books that you love. And uh, most importantly, whatever you do between now and the next time we talk, read a good book and build your shelf esteem.